Hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of You Have Failed Me, Sam Vader, and I tell you what, it's been a very long time uh, since I've said those words, and it's probably a very long time since you've heard them, unless you've been uh, re-listening to some of the odd episodes, which I definitely haven't, um, because I can't stand the sound of my own voice, so why the hell would I uh, go back and re-listen uh, to my voice over and over again? And I think I said, would it have been the last episode? I don't know, the last one was definitely the Masters of the Universe one. Um, did I say then? Yeah, I don't think I had my new chair yet. So everything I think I said was going to happen in that, like my new chair and everything. I didn't get a new mic. I don't know if I said I was going to get that, but I haven't done that yet. Um, but yeah, I've got my new chair and everything. So no squeaky chair, my lovely new gaming chair, which I'm uh, relaxing into as I'm talking to you now. Um, yeah, sorry for the long hiatus. Um, but the Masters of the Universe thing, um, if I'm correct, was some sort of celebration. Uh, episode, I think we reached a milestone, so I thought I'd, I'd pump out, pump out an episode for that. Uh, but I, I kept off the airways um, because I was waiting for the big sigil relaunch, which was obviously was last week. Of course, in typical me fashion, I was late. Um, I've got a reason for being late though. Obviously, I work in a cinema, and James Bond's come out recently, and I've been very busy. I've been working very long hours, very late hours finishing at 3am some days it's been you know very busy and I'm still very busy especially because now Venom's coming out next week as well it's going to be hectic um don't know this week Venom comes out this weekend doesn't it it comes out Friday I think the 15th Venom very much looking forward to that and I will soon do an episode on uh, No Time to Die as well hopefully by the time I do that uh, King's Eyes has seen it because I don't want to spoil it for him but because I know he's a big James Bond fan as well we've been discussing it I've seen it really loved it so I will do an episode on No Time to Die soon and maybe Daniel Craig's whole era um, I don't know yet might even do that with King's Eyes and when he hears this he can uh, send me a text afterwards and discuss whether he wants to be in on that or not that's up to him um, but obviously hopefully by the time that comes out if he's not in it he has seen it so I don't spoil that for him uh, and I'll eventually do one on Let There Be Carnage as well because I'm very much looking forward to uh, to that film. I love the first Venom and I'm very much looking forward to the second one. It looks very, very good. Um, yeah, but Sigil's back and I'm now back a week late. Of course I am. Who cares? I'm here. That's all that matters. Um, better late than never. That's what I always say. And would it be me if I didn't fail, you know, and um, <laughs> turn up a week later than everyone else to the party? For the relaunch it just makes me more special i think you know fashionably late they've all got their first episodes out and i'm coming in a week late stealing their thunder in the second week not stealing their thunder but just taking all the attention to me because like they're all back now it's like oh my god saiyan's back yes i am um and you know just just wanted a whole week just for attention on to myself essentially um which is very much a me thing to do um but yeah now i'm back and uh ready to rock and roll with some more you have failed hopefully it'll be weekly but as i say i'm very busy at the moment so i'll try and get it done as much as i can i'm very lucky i've found time to record this tonight um i say tonight as if this has to go up tomorrow so i'm gonna have to record it now go to bed because i'm at work very early tomorrow and then hopefully when i get home from work I have the time to edit it to then post it in time uh, to be uploaded um at the regularly scheduled time of tuesdays at 8 p.m um british standard time um yeah so I haven't even discussed the topic for today's episode yet. I've just rambled saying uh, welcome back. Uh, yeah, so today we'll be talking about something. I've been consuming a lot of this franchise's media at the moment. I always have. I've always liked it. And I've actually done an episode on it before. I think it might have been on the live action movies. I, I did it on before. Um, I'm not entirely sure about that. Um, I can't remember. I just know there's a uh, funny thumbnail for it. Not thumbnail or cover art, whatever you want to call it. Um, for that episode so I know I've definitely discussed 
somewhat the topic before, uh, but today I will be discussing the Robots in Disguise once again, but this time the whole franchise as a whole and why I think it's such an enduring and fantastic franchise. Um, but more on that in a minute, because as always, and I say as always, I will never fail to do this because I think it's a very important cause. Um, would like to give a shout out to the Black Lives Matter campaign. Um, obviously, I still stand by that, and I think equality for all is very, very important, uh, especially in the modern world where we should learn the difference. So, if you do want to help, you can obviously help monetarily and even non-monetarily. Um, just you know, use Google. There's these ads at the moment. They show before films in 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 the cinema where I work, and I see this ad come up all the time. Sort of the ads before YouTube videos because um, I don't have ad blocker on my TV, annoyingly, so when I watch YouTube on my TV, I can't skip the ads, which is really frustrating. But I, I really like this one, it's all about using Google, and it's an, yes, it's an advert for, for Google, in a way, but it's about using search engines, essentially, to, to learn what's acceptable, what's not, to try to understand and be less ignorant. And that's all I encourage people to do, is just learn Go to websites such as www.blacklivesmatter.com and just learn what you can do to help. What things can you say? What things can't you say? And, you know, ask questions. There's nothing wrong with asking questions as long as you take on board the answers you get with respect. That's all I can really ask. I can't make you do anything else. I can't make you donate money. Um, but that is all I ask for you at the moment with the Black Lives Matter campaign and to keep the conversation going. And I will say going forward, this particular segment of, of the show might not always be Black Lives Matter. I've discussed with King's Eyes and um, he he did say that we, I could, well, not we, I, I don't know what other creators are doing. That is up to them on their podcasts. I don't even know if they still do this or if they don't. That's out of my control. I'm just obviously controlling what is done on my show. In my show, I've, I've said to him as much as obviously I'll keep doing Black Lives Matter, I will try to raise awareness for a multitude of causes. Um, some weeks they might not be different, some weeks might be a rep repetition, it all depends on sort of if I get the time to you know research a cause well enough to put it forward and say look can I talk about this and uh, but, but the hope is that um, eventually I can bring up uh, other important causes. Um, that uh, yeah that's the plan. Also, uh, another update for the show, and I feel like I can share this now, is that uh, You Have Failed Some More is essentially getting cancelled, which is the old bonus show um, for, for You Have Failed, and there's a reason it's getting cancelled, and uh, it's a very good one, so don't, don't fret, we're not losing extra bonus content for You Have Failed, it's just that we are evolving, and You Have Failed Some More served its purpose you know but we, we, we're gonna gonna take it to the next level and that is that we are actually turning it into a for fuck's sake um <laughs> this came about i was in a, a discord call i think with um king's eyes and Schmerp. i can't remember what we were talking about at this point and um, it came up and i think it just sort of stuck that it was like oh for fuck's sake oh that was it, it was like <laughs> It's a meta comment on, oh, God, he's still going on, is he? He's doing an extra episode, for fuck's sake. So that will be the uh, new accompanying show to you, have, uh, to you Have Found. It's no longer You Have Found Some More, it's now for fuck's sake. And it's not going to change too much. The premise will stay the same. But it is evolving and it's got a new name. Because uh, You Have Found Some More was a bit boring and not really in a tone, with, shall we say, um, with the shit I get up to. Um, so for fuck's sake will be what comes next and i'm still waffling on about this and i haven't even started talking about the transformers so yes the transformers the robots in disguise um what i think so incredible about them is i mean they're coming up to almost 40 years now of being 
being around, I think, going by the original air date of the cartoon, that is, um, which is obviously 1984. Um, and what's most impressive is if you look at most other sort of toy line slash TV shows from the 80s, and that's what they were. The TV show was essentially a 20-minute advertisement for toys. That's what most cartoons were for children in the 80s. There were ways of selling toys. Um, so the toy line obviously came first. Um, if you don't know much about the history, so the toy line came first. Uh, Hasbro basically purchased loads of models from multiple different companies, uh, mainly Diaclone from Japan, imported them over, um, sort of recolored some of them, gave them new names, um, and obviously split them into two factions. Most of the cars going to the Autobots, most of the other vehicles going to the Decepticons, and then obviously other shit would come later on in like beast forms, like Dinobots, Insecticons, but that, that doesn't matter. The point is they imported them over. And then they got Marvel to give all the characters uh, character bios, and then the Transformers sort of started their life in, in Marvel Comics. In fact, there's a famous comic um, front cover of a black suit Spider-Man uh, attacking Megatron, um, which I, I love that image. I think it's really cool. Um, so yeah, but the point is all of this was designed to sell toys. The original cartoon was designed to sell toys. Similar production from that time, um, you know, you've got your G.I. Joe and, and your, um, fuck, what are they called? He-Man. I know G.I. Joe recently got a bit more prominent because it had a Snake Eyes movie, but that bombed. And Masters of the Universe, He-Man will always be popular these days more so for the uh, money supermarket adverts where Skeletor and He-Man showed up in the actual show. Um, well, to be fair, the, contro <laughs> the controversy uh, behind the Netflix Master of the Universe revelation, as I spoke about before, uh, keeps it in the limelight. But nothing really sticks around the same way the Transformers do. Um, you know, almost 40 years on, they're still going strong. They're still getting constant cartoons pumped out. Like, where where's things like G.I. Joe and Master of the Universe fade in and out of obscurity? You know, still sticking in the background of pop culture, but never really being at the forefront. Transformers for 40 years never went away. And that what is what I find so incredible about it. This this toy line is still so strong today that you could show anyone a picture of Optimus Prime and they know who Optimus Prime is. You show someone a picture of Bumblebee, they know who Bumblebee is. You know, and because it's just such a simple concept. Like, who would have thought that, oh, obviously I'm. this is gonna sound, this doesn't mean to sound sexist, but you've got to remember this is the toy line was aimed at boys originally that is what it is i'm not saying girls can't enjoy it but at the time it was definitely a boy oriented toy line that's what the transformers were so they thought hmm what do like boys young children boys like do they like robots yes do they like cars yes why don't we put them together have them shoot at each other because they like action and explosions too and we might be onto a winner guys and lo and behold the transformers 40 years later is still one of the biggest franchises in the entire world with people recognizing it people buying their toys <clears throat> like me constantly still I, I buy lots of transformers toys i love my transformers i fucking love the transformers the robots in disguise and, and the stories and obviously the original story was essentially a, a commentary of the time especially in the cartoon on on the cold war with Decepticons being very communist and uh, the Autobots being very capitalist, but the good kind of capitalist. And that's never really changed. You know, the whole idea of peace through tyranny for Megatron and peace through freedom for Optimus Prime, it hasn't, hasn't really changed where Megatron wants to achieve peace, but through an iron fist and a ruthless dictator rule. And Optimus Prime wants to achieve it through freedom. And like I say, he's a good kind of capitalist because Optimus Prime doesn't care about money or greed. He's not corrupt at all. He genuinely does just want freedom and everyone to have a choice and everyone to have a say and people to be happy. He, he is a good 
person. I mean, he's a robot, but he's alive. Um, speaking of, question of the day. Um, genuinely, either reply to me on Twitter, either at Vader saying uh, my personal one, or at you have failed SV um, for the show Twitter, or join the Discord, which is linked on my Twitter page. It's the pinned one or my personal one. It's a pinned tweet. Um, go on the Discord and answer this question for me, because I always ask people this question because... I think is really funny and I'd love to know what people think. Do Transformers get car or life insurance? Because they're alive, they're not living by human biological standards, but they are alive, they have feelings, they, you know, they can think, they can feel pain, they're alive. Um, however, they're also cars. So do they get, I mean, they wouldn't get either, they're fighting a fucking interdimensional war. <laughs> no one would give them insurance. If they were having to apply, would they apply for life insurance or would they apply for car insurance? Please, someone interact because I'd love to see what your answers are and your justifications for it. Because uh, I just love that question. Anyway, the Transformers, the robots in disguise, the Great Civil War. Also, another one. There's another question. I'm just really curious. Right, so it's called. It's obviously it's called the Cybertronian Civil War, and that's great. But why is it not a world war? Because it literally encompasses their entire planet. It encompasses the entire galaxy, because universe, because. Once they destroy their own planet, they just go everywhere else, continuing fighting like petty little children. But, so why is it not a world war? Why is it a civil war and not a world war? When literally two factions, I get it's because it's two factions from the same place fighting each other. However, it encompasses and engulfs their entire planet where you're either forced to choose a side or die in the crossfire. So it's, it's pretty brutal. And so, yeah, but no, the Transformers. And I think that's what's so enduring about it is the characters are so good. Optimus Prime, right, I will say this now. Until I met Commander Irvin, Optimus Prime, I would say, was the most inspirational fictional character ever. Sorry, Captain America, your speeches are great, but you can't beat Optimus Prime, right? Like, I always think, Age of Extinction, awful film, but my favourite moment in it is the bit sort of just before sort of the battle at the end where Optimus, you know, the Autobots ride the Dinobots into the battle. Um, Optimus gives gives a speech, and I can't remember what his speech is, because it's not his speech that matters for, for what I'm trying to explain. It's the response. So um, he gives his speech, and then one of the guys, I can't think of his name, Crosshairs, I think it's Crosshairs, um, goes, Ah, oh, you just want to die for the guy. It must be hypnotism or something. And then Drift goes, No, that's Optimus Prime. And that line, it, it's just so incredible. It's like, you know, it's not hypnotism, it's not magic. He's just that inspirational that you just want to die for him. Very similar to Irvin. Uh, I, don't get me wrong, I'd give Irvin the edge. I think he gives the better speeches. And I say that honestly with a hurt heart because I love Optimus. I really do love Optimus Prime. I'm a Decepticon kind of guy, but I love myself some Prime. I think Prime is he's a top bot. Um not my favourite Autobot, mind you, because actually my favourite Autobot is my favourite Transformer of all time, Grimlock, of course, turns into a robot T-Rex. How could I love him? I love dinosaurs. Um and I just Me Grimlock, no both, oh me king! And just like he's just so dumb and lovable but so strong at the same time and I, I, I love Grimlock but yeah I'm a Decepticon kind of guy as I'm sure you can expect I think Decepticons are so cool which is why I've got four of the um, official Takara Tomy masterpiece figures the, the real expensive ones and um, well four of the big ones um, I'll explain what I mean by that in a minute and um, they're all Decepticons I've got Megatron, Starscream, Soundwave and Shockwave and when I said the big ones it's also because I've got um, Soundwave comes with Laserbeak but I did get the bonus set where you get um Frenzy, but it's coloured purple. So if you watch the cartoon, technically that's Rumble, but we'll get over that. And Buzzsaw comes with it as well. So I've got some of the Cassetticons, the Minicons um, for Soundwave as well. But my four main ones are. But even then, they're Decepticons as well. So um, 
Yeah. Um, I mean, technically, if you look at all my Transformers toys, I still have. The Decepticons far outnumber the Autobots on, on my shelf. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, sorry, I might have sounded quite quiet then, because I was turning around to, to gaze at my Transformers figures. Oh, they look so good. I've got a few more on the way. I've got um, the reissue version of Triptychon arriving, hopefully the day this goes up, if not the day after. And then I've got um, Combiner Wars, or was it Power of the Primes, I think, Predaking was released. Um, Predaking, um, giant, I think he's like 18 inches tall, the Combiner Predaking, which is like 45 centimeters, so he's quite big. I think Triptychon's 13 inches tall, so he's quite big as well. <laughs> so I've got those coming, I'm very excited. Triptychon will be here first though, because he did come from the UK, so he'll be here a lot faster, hopefully, let's say, tomorrow. So tomorrow, which is today, um, you'll be listening to this, or on the Wednesday. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think it, it's the story that, that really, and the characters that really propel the robots in disguise. Chiara Joe was interesting, but it was very one-dimensional. It was, oh, go Joe and save the day. And, you know, and He-Man, likewise, interesting. And to be fair, Skeletor, Skeletor was the only good part of the show, whereas the Transformers, so many, if not all of the characters are good, you know, whether you, you fell in love with Optimus Prime, Bumblebee, one of the Dinobots, or likewise, if you were a fan of Megatron or Starscream. Starscream was that popular, but I kid you not, the Starscream is now known as, in writing, it's its own sort of umbrella term for a type of role a character can fulfill. And that is how popular he has been. The Starscream is now a character sort of constantly who works like the bad guy, but he's constantly trying to usurp him or overthrow him through constantly failing. And you know, he's a bit cowardly and a bit like, but he's but but also quite clever and a brilliant tactician, but just always falls short. The Starscream became its own thing. And I, I really, I really enjoy that. I love the fact that these characters are so popular that some of them have become their own archetype of character. Um, and I mean, how can you not love Starscream? He's, he's a classic and he's Starscream. You know, <laughs> you can't have the Decepticons without Starscream. It's just a fact. Also, I love the fact that the one Transformer that Megatron would love to kill the most is also the one that has a mutant spark, which is like their soul, that is indestructible. Like you can destroy his body all you want, but you cannot destroy his soul. So he can constantly keep coming back as a ghost to haunt you and make your life hell. And I love the fact that of all Transformers, it was Starscream that has that mutation, because it's just irony. The one that most Transformers want dead, you can't technically kill. And I love that, and I do love Starscream. His coronation scene in the original movie is one of my favorite things ever. Because he just goes so extra with the cape and the crown, and then Galvatron just comes in and blasts him to oblivion. It's like, Coronation Starscream, this is bad comedy. Megatron, is that you? Here's a hint. And just shoots it. Oh, it's so good. And um, But obviously my favourite scene in the 1986 movie, which is the best Transformers movie, I loved Bumblebee, but 1986 movie is so much better, is a... Uh, you got the touch, boom, boom, boom. You got the power. Hope I don't get copyrighted for singing that, but it was that out of tune that I think will be fine. Um, yeah, no, the Optimus Prime scene. In, don't get me wrong, I cried when he died when I was a child, and I still get emotional now when I watch that scene, not going to lie, when he uh, eventually died, spoilers. But that film's been out since 1986, so that's a you problem if you haven't seen it. Um, yeah, no, that scene is so cool. It, like, the Decepticons are winning. They're crushing Autobot City, Ultimus Prime shows up, literally destroys the entire army of Decepticons, 1v1's Megatron, and then wins that as well. Um, 
and the song, even though I think it was written for like a Rocky film or something else, it wasn't written um, for Transformers or Optimus Prime. In fact, when the license for the song was bought for Transformers the movie, Stan Bush had never even heard of the Transformers at the time because obviously they weren't aimed for him. At him, he was an adult, uh, like a rock singer, and Transformers were aimed at children. They still are, but I still love them. So fuck you if you're judging me. Um, <laughs> but that song perfectly encapsulates Optimus Prime, and to this day, I think it stands as his theme. And speaking of Stan. Stan Bush is now synonymous with the Transformers franchise. He's written so many other songs, including um, in the War for Cybertron game, um, when he recorded like a new one, which I regard as like the modern theme for Transformers. It was called Till All I One. It's a very good song. I made an AMV for it back in the day, using clips from the movie and uh, a few episodes from the original cartoon. It's on my YouTube somewhere. I think it's just called Transformers Till All I One G1. Like, just type in like Till All I One Sam Vader and it'll probably come up on YouTube. Um, yeah, and I really, um, really like the Till All I One. I just, it, it's the perfect way of, he doesn't really use the, the robots in disguise. He used the robots in disguise, but he doesn't use like the more than meets the eye mantra or Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. You know, the famous lines. Uh, the chorus is very good. It was, it, it's, the Transformers, the defenders of truth, robots who fight in disguise. I can't sing. Transformers to lead you when the battle is through. Only the strong will survive. Once again, I still can't sing, um, but it's it's a very good song. Um, weirdly enough, this is a really random fact now. When when I used to go on holiday um, like to Devon or wherever, if there was a swimming pool. We always used to do competitions to see who could hold their breath for the longest. I think my record, I'm, I'm the winner, was 1 minute 42 seconds before I came up for air. Um, no one's beaten that yet. And that is, weirdly enough, Till All I Want is the, is the song that I would, I'd sing the chorus for that over and over again in my head. Because if I always found if I distracted myself enough, <laughs> um, I, obviously I, would, I wouldn't be focusing on the fact that I, I couldn't breathe. Um, so I could stay underwater the longest and the song I always sang to myself was the chorus for Till All I Want by Stan Bush. So thank you Stan Bush for helping me beat my, brother, beat my brothers in a Holding Your Breath competition. I will always thank you for that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's silly things like that that make the Transformers such an enduring franchise. And like I say, the video games as well. I, I love the War for Cybertron slash Fall of Cybertron video games. I loved those when I was younger. I still have them now. If, if only I still had my plug, or I knew where the plug from a PS3 was, I'd plug it in and play them now. Because they're such good games. I'm, I'm gutted I can't play the multiplayer anymore, because I know my online's been shut down on those on my PS3 now. But um, no, I really enjoy I really want a remaster of Fall of Cybertron. I'd pay any money for that. Oh, it's such a good game. Um, <laughs> one of my favourite moments in, in the game is genuinely... Like, I kid you not, right at the end of the game, spoilers for the game by the way, um, also, just quickly segueing before I forget as well, if you do want any video game news, probably not on the Transformers War and Fall of Cybertron games, because they're very old now. War for Cybertron is definitely over 10 years now, and Fall of Cybertron I think is 10 years next year, so definitely a bit too late for that. But go to a, to Final Weapon, um, who work very closely with Sigil, and we're very grateful for all the support they show us. Uh, so go check out their website. Um, any great video game news and updates and everything i'm sure they've got loads on the uh, new smash bros um release and if you want an interesting take on the new smash bros character as well go check out storm connect um which is another sigil podcast um as with edo ninja and crunch they had a very interesting discussion on the uh, new smash bros character 
I'm not going to weigh in too much because I don't actually own Smash Bros. So in the nicest way possible, I don't care much about the game. Uh, other than the fact that that is where Frog Ninja was born. Um, that is the only relevance I give a shit about that game is the fact that that is what um, birthed my my genius creation that is Frog Ninja. Um, but yeah, do go check out Final Weapon uh, for any gaming news. And if you want to hear an interesting discussion about um, the new Smash character, do go check out Storm Connect. That is another Sigil podcast. You can also find that on Spotify or anywhere you can find this pretty much. So whatever platform you're listening to this on, uh, use that and go and find uh, Storm Connect's most recent episode. No, when do they release? I don't know. One of the if they release after me, it'll be the most recent episode. If they release before me, it'll be the second most recent episode. I don't know. Anyway, full full Cybertron, full for Cybertron, full off Cybertron. Right at the end of the game, as you're falling through the space bridge, which is basically a rip in uh, space and time, as they're falling through, uh, Megatron and Optimus have just had their big battle on the arc, and uh, it, the ship's falling apart as they as they're falling through through this uh, collapsing space bridge. And uh, so obviously they're holding onto the hull of the Ark for dear life. And um, in true Optimus and Megatron fashion, they still keep punching each other. I'm like, you're holding on for your dear existence at this point. And you're still being that petty that you're punching each other. I'm like, you're taking this war very seriously. Like, credit to both of you, but like, hold on guys. Like, seriously. Um, and that's what I mean. There's just moments like that where it's comedic. That, but the lore as well, and I'll get to that in a minute because I realise I'm like 25 minutes in and I haven't done my sponsor for the week, which... Um, Everybody, um, the collections are coming back for for our shows. Um, so that is obviously uh, the uh, Sigil Arts shop. Um, the Failureware will be returning very soon. And by very soon, that means I don't know. Um, me and King's Eyes are in talk. Uh, we're going to talk designs, I think, soon. We've got a few we've already mentioned. Um, I'm saying this to him now for the first time, but I think failures in disguise might be a good one you know transformers failures in disguise um i like that i've just thought of that off the top of my head i'm saying it now sorry if that's a spoiler that people can't hear about but i've literally just thought about it and i think it's a great idea so failures in disguise there you go guys you've just heard one well potential one it might not happen i don't know i've got to discuss it with him however yes value will be will be returning um i don't know when uh, i know storm connect and the storm clansmen have their collection I believe out already if it's not sorry for that spoiler as well um, I might lose my job for saying that so this might be um, welcome back and goodbye in one episode um, <laughs> just my fucking luck um, yeah so go to I believe the link is shop.sigilarts.com uh, where you can find all of the collections um, and as soon as obviously the failure wear is back I will post it all over social media, announce it in all my podcast episodes, and you go and eat those designs up. Because I still have some of the designs from the last launch. Pretty sure I'm probably the only person who owns any of them. But I tell you now, I do still love them and wear them regularly. Um, so do go check that out. I've already plugged my social medias, which are obviously at VaderSayon on Twitter. Um, at you have failed SV on Twitter, and of course my Discord is uh, the pinned tweet on my personal Twitter page. Um, if you're confused when you get to my personal Twitter page um, as to why it says Greg's number one, um, 
I'm not going to explain that just yet. I might do that when I get a certain guest back on the show. I'm talking to someone else about getting them back. Oh yeah, I'm getting someone back because they've been on it before. Um, I know what I want to have as the topic with them. Whether we stay on topic, we definitely won't. But that's not the point. Um, when they're back, I might finally explain that story of why it's currently that. I do change my name regularly, though, to be fair, for jokes that I find funny at the time. But currently, I am Greg's BFF on there, so that is still me if the tag is at Vader Saiyan. Um, but back to the meat and potatoes of the episode, uh, the Transformers. Yeah, I just think it's because the lore is so fleshed out as well, because they've had so many appearances at this point. Um, but you could also argue that the reason they have so many appearances is because and they have so much lore and they keep coming back is because fans fell in love with them. You know, and I think it's an achievement that you get people to fall in love with this toy line because you treat even robots as feeling characters, you know, and it's all their unique personalities. And at the end of the day, you've got to thank Marvel Comics for that. I do think the Transformers wouldn't be where they are today if Marvel Comics didn't give these robots the unique and vibrant personalities that they still carry to today. Yes, some of them have changed over time. Some of them have different personalities depending on the continuity. Shockwave, for example, is either an incredibly loyal follower of Megatron or someone who is vying for Megatron's throne as leader of the Decepticons. Um, but then you've got other people like Starscream, who is constantly a traitorous, cowardice, maniacal, tactically brilliant, but incompetent air commander of the Decepticons and second in command to Megatron. You know, Optimus Prime, who is always the stoic leader. Megatron, who is always a power-hungry tyrant, who, yes, sometimes in, in most modern continuities, has a sympathetic origin and to the point where technically the Decepticons are in the right but also kind of not um, because obviously the most modern one is you find out Cybertron basically had a class system where the alternate the sort of your, your alt mode you were born with um, determined your class in society what job you would have um, and the Decepticons were mostly miners and gladiators and stuff they didn't like this so uh, this is a quick run through. So a particular gladiator slash miner called Megatronus one day meets a data cleric called Orion Pax. They're like, yeah, this system's not fair. Let's sort this out. Uh, so over months, they, they come with plans. They deal this, that, and the other. They eventually go to the High Council to appeal. The High Council sort of rejects the plan because Megatron basically reveals, sorry, Megatronus. Who's Megatron? Megatronus basically reveals a darker side to himself where he clearly seems more militant um, and more willing to do things by force and oppression if he has to. But then Orion starts speaking and he speaks of freedom, discussion, you know, choice and all this sort of stuff. And they go, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're brilliant. Who are you? And Megatron, they go, sorry, Megatronus is very jealous that he hasn't chosen, he isn't sort of liked or being chosen to be the next leader of Cybertron. So he basically leaves in a fit of rage and starts a group called the Decepticons, changes his name to Megatron. Um, big, big plot twist there. Um, and Orion Pax is told uh, they, he is wanted to be the next leader of Cybertron and is dubbed the name Optimus. Um, Optimus doesn't really want the responsibilities, um, but he is told that no, he will be the last Prime. And he doesn't really understand the weight of this. And to explain this, I'm going to go a bit more into the lore of, of Optimus Prime for a minute. So back 
way back before the Transformers races we know them um, existed. And obviously Primus, their god, who who created the first 13 Primes. Um, I don't know all of them, I can't think of all their names. And they're basically after a war with Unicron and Megatronus, Megatron, the Prime. Yeah, it's a common name being a bad guy. Sort of went rogue, joined Unicron after the war. All the Primes basically agreed to give themselves into the well of the Allsparks. Um, to give life to a, a new race, all of them giving a part of themselves to add something to the new species. So this guy who had the ability to transform into anything birthed the transformation cog, which allows Cybertronians to transform, which is obviously their biggest gimmick, and, and stuff like that. Um, but there was one prime known as the 13th um, for most of history, because no one knew what, what that prime's actual name was, because because of this decision they, that they made, um, decided that, no, they didn't they were happily to give their lives, you know, and but they didn't want to remain in the well of all sparks. They were willing to give up their memories, uh, give up sort of their powers and everything to be reborn as a random Cybertronian and, and live their lives, uh, and live amongst the people that they they'd helped to create. Um, so yeah, this 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 third mysterious thirteenth Prime gave his life for the others but didn't remain conscious in the well of the Allsparks with Primus and everything and the other Primes. They were reborn. Um, no no previous memories. They, they didn't know who they were or anything. Um, so then we get to stay. Orion Pax has become... His, his name has changed to Optimus, being told he's going to be the last Prime. He doesn't accept responsibilities. There's, there's already um, a current Prime in charge, uh, Zeta Prime, Sentinel Prime, depending on what you're reading or watching, it's the same person. Um, but obviously the war goes on for however long it does, a couple of million years. And towards the end, Megatron ends up killing killing Zeta Prime, Sentinel Prime. Um, Optimus obviously recovers his body and everything, and, and at that point the council are like, no, like we're going into hiding, that um, you have to finish this. You are now Optimus Prime. And Optimus begrudgingly accepts because there's no one else to lead, he has to lead his people, he's the last chance they've got. He doesn't want to let his friends down. Um, so he, he, he takes the prime title and carries on. But he still doesn't quite realise what being what why he's regarded as the last prime. Because to him, if he dies, someone else will become the next leader. And yes, they will, but that doesn't change the fact of what the council knows that Optimus doesn't yet know. But later on in, in the war, obviously Megatron has poisoned the core of the planet. I'm skipping quite a lot of story beats just to explain. Uh, Optimus's particular story. Um, so Optimus goes to save the core of the planet, but it turns out that the core, which is obviously Primus's life spark itself, had been poisoned too much. So it's got to shut down um, to to flush its system. But this will take millions of years, and the planet will be basically uninhabitable um, for that for that period of time. So the Autobots realise they've got to evacuate Cybertron, and obviously the Decepticons will have to do the same. But they're not going to tell the Decepticons because they're hoping they just die on the planet. Um, but before they leave the core, the core bestows onto Optimus the Matrix of Leadership, which is a part of Primus's consciousness as well. So a bit of Cybertron will basically always be with the Autobots wherever they go amongst the stars. But it is when he receives the Matrix, something happens. Some, some memories start flooding back into Optimus. Not all of them, not everything, but he begins to remember and more importantly, he understands what was meant when he was called the last prime. Optimus isn't just a random Cybertronian who, who was chosen to be a prime. Optimus is the first divinely appointed prime 
in trillions upon trillions of years of Cybertronian history. He's the first true prime in that long, and he is the last true prime. Because, of course, the name of the mysterious 13th prime who was reincarnated was Optimus Prime. He... He was... He never changed, even in reincarnation. He never changed. He was always curious. He was always kind. He was always compassionate. He was curious enough to want to live amongst his creations. He was kind. He was compassionate. He was, but he was brave and he was strong. And he always stood up for what was right. And that thirteenth prime was Optimus Prime, and he'd finally been called back to his birthright. He'd got his memories back. Knew that his goal was to bring peace to Cybertron and lead it to a better age. Um, and that's. This is why I love Optimus Prime, as I'm sure you know from listening to the podcast for as long as you guys have, there aren't many main characters in fictional universes that I, I love. I tend to like the villains, the anti-heroes, and yes, I prefer the Decepticons, but I love Optimus Prime because he's a unique type of hero. He's the kind of hero that is born to be great, but doesn't acknowledge it, just ignores it. He doesn't want to be great. He's not a chosen one who embraces it. He's a chosen one who tries to deny it at any cost. He just wants to be normal, live a normal life, live a peaceful life with his friends. But it's through just trying to be normal that he actually inadvertently completes his destiny and and saves the universe from Unicron and the Decepticons. He... And that's what I love about him. He's that humble that he doesn't accept that he's special. He just thinks he's any other bot. He thinks he's, he honestly believes he is just as expendable as any other Transformer, when in reality, he is one of the most important Transformers to ever walk the planet. But to him, that doesn't matter. He is just as willing to give his life for an everyday citizen as he would for anyone else. Because to him, making the sacrifice is what really matters. Doing whatever it takes to save a life, to save your friends, to save his planet. And that's what he does in the end. He he does it. He defeats Uni- he defeats Unicron, and then the Decepticons are disbanded after Megatron loses the will to fight after becoming Me- Unicron's slave. And yeah, and that's what I love about him. He, he's just humble and good. And this is just the aligned continuity. There's so much more to the Transformers, but my favourite thing with the aligned continuity is how it ends in Transformers Prime. I know it continues on in. Uh, robots in disguise afterwards but just sticking to Prime for a second I think the ending is beautiful because once again Optimus coming back to a new Cybertron that's ready to be inhabited again he makes the ultimate sacrifice he he reunites the Matrix and himself with the Well of All Sparks uh, because it's the only way to bring life back to Cybertron now it's back and it can sustain life again he he wants to bring life back to it, so it's not just the five or six surviving Autobots that are there. So he says goodbye to his friends, and he flies into the Well of All Sparks, reuniting his spark and the Matrix with the Well of All Sparks. Um, and his last line was brilliant. He was like, um, you know, this is not an end. This is merely another transformation. And that is emotional enough on its own. But it's then when you see all of the sparks flying out of the world, realising these are all brand new lives that he has brought to this planet. But then one particular spark comes out and takes centre screen, flies in front of the camera. And that spark is red and blue. Now, 
if you know anything about Transformers, they're the colours that Optimus Prime is known for. Once again, the 13th Prime, Optimus Prime, has chosen to be reincarnated and come back as a regular Cybertronian to once again live amongst his friends without even remembering them. But just for the chance to live that normal life. That is Optimus Prime. He doesn't want to be some god. He just wants to live a life, a normal life. And that is why he is so special. And as I say, this is just one story. This is just the aligned continuity. There are so many stories ranging from the original cartoon to Beast Wars, to Transformers Animated, to Prime, to Robots in Disguise, to the, to the other Robots in Disguise, to comics, to video games, to the live action films. There is something special about the Transformers. And it's the characters, it's the stories, it's the fact that people are just drawn to them. And the irony is, these characters are just designed to sell you toys, but you fall for them anyway, because they're such good characters and the stories are told so well that you don't care that they're there to sell toys, because you bond with these characters, you get involved in these stories, you care if they win or lose. You cry when Optimus Prime sacrifices himself, but have a, a faint smile when you realise there's a chance he could come back. And I think that's a good place to leave it. And there's so much more that can be said about the Transformers. It's a 40-year-old franchise, and maybe I will. Maybe I will, I probably will. But I guess... There's just, um... One final thing to say about it really you know an 80s toy line turned multimedia empire you know and it's 40 years and in the next 40 to 100 years you can never know what form they're gonna take but there's one thing you can always be sure about when it comes to the transformers and that is that they will always be more than meets the eye